Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 457 with Kara Graham. We have to work in a circle. We have to all work together. We all have to embrace each other. We all have to know that you're working hard back there just as hard as we're working up here and that the only way that this place that this dream, that these things, that these people that are dining at our restaurant, these staff members that we have, all these things are going to work as if we're all working together. I swear the second that we decided that that's where we were going to be and that we were going to come together and we were going to work together, it all changed from there. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. 89% of guests research a restaurant online before dining out. Your website is your first impression. So answer me this question honestly. What does your website say about your restaurant? Also, websites are no longer static brochures. They're dynamic tools that can help you drive revenue. Head over to getbento.com and see why thousands of restaurants trust Bento Box with their websites. And if you mention Restaurant Unstoppable, you can save up to $1,500 on initial setup. Get on it. Payroll and benefits are hard, especially when you're a small business. Gusto is making payroll, benefits, and HR easy for modern small businesses. You no longer have to be a big company to get great technology, great benefits, and great service to take care of your team. To help support Restaurant Unstoppable, Gusto is offering our listeners an exclusive limited-time deal. Sign up today, and you'll get three months Free once you run your first payroll. Just go to gusto.com slash unstoppable. So with excitement, allow me to introduce you to you for the second time today because we actually just recorded like five or ten minutes and I'm a knucklehead and we actually were not recording. But the good news is I know this is going to be a great episode. So finally, let me introduce to you today's guest, Kara Graham. Kara, are you feeling unstoppable today? I'm feeling totally unstoppable. I'm not going to say breakable. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, hailing from Pegram, Tennessee, Kara Graham got her start in hospitality serving while in college she instantly fell in love after the next or over the next 20 years she would progress by constantly challenging herself and taking on tasks she wasn't accustomed to she climbed the ladder from server to bartender to manager and eventually to general manager at eastland in nashville uh and it was at eastland where she met her future business partner chef hal holden bash bash did i do it right that time yeah you yes. got it. You got it. sorry chef i just talked to you like two days ago and i'm still <laughs> struggling and um 2011 together they opened a lachlan table so obviously i'm just scraping the surface uh i can't wait to dive into your story to find out what makes you so awesome but let's get that motivational inspirational <laughs> ball rolling with the success quarter mantra hit it um i think we should all we all are um encompassed with a moral compass and we should constantly follow it yes and uh we were talking about this before and you really (laughs) do need to follow that moral compass because that's your gut talking to you and like i said there's this low road right Mm -hmm. there's low road that's constantly staring you it's that 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 primitive part of the mind that's constantly like collecting data and storing information and it speaks to you so really dive in 
in and give me an example of a time that that low road that 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 you know steered you and helped you guide you to where you are today I don't think it's a there's a one story to tell I think it's a constant it's um it's something in our life that we just have to be doing every day and even if we're not thinking about it we sh- um our we're directing ourselves in that direction Um, and with all the choices and all the decisions and uh, if we already have that encompass or that compass inside of us um, it it just leads us in directions to make easier decisions sometimes that maybe the decision is a hard decision but it makes it easier because of the um, the moral chart that we have inside of us. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you, you want to trust that, that gut. You also want to, like you were talking about before when I didn't hit record, <laughs> uh, like peer into the future with that, that frontal lobe and to plan ahead and to, to be creative and to use both parts of the brain to like really kind of create that big picture. But awesome stuff. Great way to get this thing started. And uh, let's go back to where it all started for you. So when would you say um, you got your first taste of hospitality and like, you really started to fall in love with it? Um, my first job, um, in college, I, I worked at a corporate restaurant, um, for several years and immediately I knew that this was something that I was into. Um, it, I had a natural sense of urgency. I knew where I needed to be. Um, I knew that I could anticipate needs of guests before they needed them. Um, and I was just comfortable and it was, um, I felt it's the first time that I was felt right. Mm. And like, this is, this is it. This is where I, and I'm not necessarily saying that, Oh, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. But I knew that I felt very comfort in this role. Yeah. I'm curious. Was this, uh, were you just noticing this on your own that you were naturally good at these things? No. Or, okay. So how did you know that you're good at these things? Um, so I, I I did um, move up in that uh, in that role from a server to a IST and in store trainer and you know various positions and so you know management uh, you know encouraged me and gave me uh, you know the pats on the back that I needed but it wasn't at the time I wasn't like oh my god I'm you know the bees knees uh, yeah <laughs> I, had, I never <laughs> I never thought that I think it was. Um, after college, um, I, I went, or, or after there, I went and lived um, in Aspen for a couple of years and did not the uh, uh, <laughs> not that job, <laughs> and um, that job was what I did not want to do. <laughs> so, what were you doing in Aspen? I'm curious. Um, I, nothing good to talk about. <laughs> okay. So I, um, one thing that did come up when we were talking before, I want to make mm-hmm. sure we leave time for it here too, is that yeah. you're quoted as saying that everybody should work in a corporation yes. at some point. Why do you believe that? Um, I feel like it just builds a foundation for um, things that um, aren't necessarily, sh- uh, not necessarily um, teach. They should, they just teach you things that are ground work for uh the movement up mm. up up the up the rails the industry standards right the in, exactly yeah. um and it's not something that i mean it's something that i could teach um a server at Lachlan table, but it's something that i've already expect them to know yeah so i mean the, 
we're talking about the, the, these big rest, these big corporations, these franchises, they have formulas, they have systems, processes, procedures, mm-hmm. procedures, and they're, they're tested and tried. And they are really good at training these, these right. people, these things that go through the training and you get kind of that, that foundation, the, the basics that you need to have yes. to be successful in this industry. Mm-hmm. And hopefully with the podcast like Restaurant Unstoppable, more people are going to learn the basics, right? So yep. uh, we don't have to go to the franchises and the corporations anymore, but we can yep. uh, you know, learn these things and know that it's our job to teach these people these standards and stuff make it easy for them absolutely uh, but yeah absolutely like like you do it's there's so much benefit to to going that road of having that structure and to, mm-hmm. to learn under that kind of umbrella so mm-hmm. i agree with you 100 percent. so eventually uh you you get you come back from the mountains out west right mm-hmm. uh and you come back to nashville what's going through your mind um i have um immediately like i have got to get a job in a restaurant i get like i, I have to get back to it i have this is i'm have to, have to, have to. So I um, got a job at Market Street Brewery, which was at then on 2nd Avenue downtown. It was mm-hmm. a brewery um, slash restaurant. Um, you know, the restaurant business is where you meet some of your best friends, too. So my, my core group of friends are s- still from there. This was 2001. Mm-hmm. Um, we're still you know, have a strong relationship. And I worked there for several, several years. Um, again, just started as a server, moved into a um, bartending role. And then... How long did it take you to progress from server to bartender? Probably. And, and that job, probably two years. Yeah, really two. So, But this was a fast-paced bar. Like, yeah. this was like... Okay. So I'm curious because you, when you're working for the corporation, mm-hmm. weren't you training people? Weren't you traveling around mm-hmm. no, yep. helping open the restaurants? Yep. Um, I shouldn't have probably not skipped over that because uh, that's kind of a key thing. What were you learning about? How did you get to that point where, and we'll come back to where we are presently, mm-hmm. but what were the, some of the key things you learned about training other people? What do they teach? What do these, these corporation, corporations teach you about training others? They... <laughs> they uh the march and the dance and mm. the and the um the setup and mm-hmm. this, these are the foundations of you know opening a restaurant these are just the the basic steps of the of the way that we uh do service you okay. know steps of service uh steps of you know behind the bar i wasn't i didn't train as much i was more of a server training than i did work behind the bar a little bit there but um i was more of a server training and it was just steps of service mm-hmm. You know, very uh, militant. Yeah, like somebody sits down <laughs> and you got one minute to you pour the exactly, glass. And that's exactly. Like, okay, cool. Exactly. My name is Kara. I will be waiting <laughs> on you today. And all that sounds, like I said, kind of militant, but in in the grand scheme yeah. of things, it... Uh, Do they give you lines? Do you have to like train oh, yeah. people Well, lines? we had flair. How do you feel... About, about that I'm oh my gosh I cannot stand it okay I actually I'm happy you said that I <laughs> actually was at a restaurant recently that where the food was amazing the server I, you could tell I, it was like she had the script on her hand and I was just like oh no yeah. it just breaks my heart I feel like there's so much and, we can yeah keep going keep going you're getting excited we're supposed right to learn <laughs> we're supposed to learn I mean I, what the reason why I hire servers is for their personality yeah. mm-hmm. that's what I want you exactly. to be at the table what you're in this interview yep. is what I want you to be in the table that's how that's what needs to be exactly. translated that's, that's yep. I think there's so much to learn from the corporations because there's a lot to, to be said about the standardization of things right but you can't fit people into molds that's right and that's one thing they that's haven't exactly quite right. figured out yet yep I completely uh, agree so anyway I digress 
yes. Uh, That's okay. So great lessons there. Uh, moving back to now you're back in Nashville mm-hmm. and you're working at a brewery. What's going on? Uh, two years to progress. What was happening there? What were you learning it in this different scene? Um, I wish that I would have learned more of the brewery knowledge. Um, that wasn't something that was necessarily shared with us. Mm. Um, the brewers are actually, <laughs> I, I'm still friends with one of them today. Um, I, I wish I would have learned more about that knowledge. I did, I, as far as the process goes, I learned a, definitely learned a lot about beer and definitely um, uh, was upping that game. Um, but again, this was a fast paced second Avenue Mm -hmm. bar. So there was, um, and we had an, we took uh, ownership in our job and we had a great team and a great staff. Um, and we just really, there was a heart behind that restaurant. I think that, um, the owners at the time probably didn't realize what an amazing group of people that just wanted to get the job done and wanted to make their managers happy and wanted to succeed. So what was it about this restaurant that was different about the previous restaurant that enabled that heart? Where do you think this heart came from? Well, it's funny because I, uh, I felt like I brought some flair with mm. me um, to this restaurant. We had to wear all black, but I was like, well, why don't we put some knee-high socks on that are, like, colored? And they were like, oh, gosh. But they let us be. <laughs> but they, you know, they yeah. um, they let us. They let you be creative. They let, you let us be. Exactly. Yeah. They didn't put us into a, a, a form, and they didn't try to um, mold us into something they want, weren't. Uh, but again, we were still young. So we were still in that stage of, um, you know, we're, we're getting off work at one o'clock in the morning and not getting home until four o'clock in the morning yeah. and getting up and doing yeah. it all over again the next day. So, um, and we, you know, we had lunch and dinner, so it was a long, yeah, it was just, so it sounds like you learned a lot about just the soul behind a restaurant yes. that you need that combination of the systems, the standards, but also the soul, yep. uh, which is, is so important. what about, uh, what were some of the other key lessons you, you, you drew from this part of your life? Well, from there, I, um, there was a restaurant that was next door to this, that was a very high end restaurant at the time. And their managers would come over for lunch or for business meetings. And I would they, I would either, if it was a day, they would sit at the bar with me. I was a day bartender at that time, I think. Um, and they um, saw something in me. And I didn't know. Yeah. I was just doing my job, yeah. being happy, loving, loving you know, <laughs> doing my thing. Um, and so they uh, were opening another, a second location in Brentwood, and they asked me to be their opening manager. Okay. General was, manager or manager? No, 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 no. Okay. And I was like, what? Whoa. You want me to be a manager? <laughs> like me? That's awesome. Um, and then I think from that moment, it, and I did, I transitioned over and opened that restaurant in a more of a um, admin, administrative role. Um, you know, setting up the drawer system, setting up payroll systems, setting up, you know, these sort of daily tasks, things that, mm-hmm. um, I'd never learned about. And yeah. I found myself like, Oh my God, I love doing this too. This is, <laughs> <laughs> this is fun as well. Um, so I feel like, 
you know, my whole life has just been building. It's been one yeah. little building block on top of another. Yeah, and one thing I love about you and your story is you're constantly putting yourself in uncomfortable positions. You didn't stay one place too long. You're, I mean, you learned a lot about the the, the server aspect, of mm-hmm. the, the the roles you're playing as server, but also when you got to this next restaurant group. What was the name of this restaurant? Again? I'm sorry, I had it, it was called Maribels. Maribels. Okay, mm-hmm. so you're here now. You're managing, and you're you're again in that like weird, like uncomfortable, like learning new things. Mm-hmm. How long do you spend? How much time do you spend at Maribels? So, um, I have a, a my brain does not allow me to keep track of time <laughs> um, very well. Um, I, I know my son will be ten in two weeks. That's about all I know. I'm just kidding. Um, I was there. I was there for nine eleven. Okay. Um, so I was probably there for two and a half years. Um, and and from I went from you know assistant day manager to you know moved up in the ranks, um, okay. never to GM or anything of that capacity, okay. but um, definitely moved up in the ranks. And okay. um, from there is when I had um, previously hired a server uh, at Maribel. And she had left there to go become a GM of Park Cafe. Okay. And I was like, what? So a server, somebody that you're managing left to to go. I was, my mind was blown. (laughs) And I was like, that's amazing. I'm so proud of you. I can't believe this. Like, I was just, you know, mind blown that this had happened for her. And then she came to me and said, I really want you to be a server. Yeah. And I was like, this was like high and not what I was used to serving. I mean, so every your past every employee came and hired you to be a, a server. Yes, oh, that's cool. Was that awkward for you? No, I was okay. so excited. That's I was cool. so excited for her. Yeah. Um, and this was a like I said, every restaurant was like a step up from the one to the next to the next. Mm-hmm. And this one was I was scared. Why? I was like, I don't think I'm a good enough server to <laughs> to work there. I don't think my knowledge. I, I, I wasn't knowledgeable enough at the time I felt. Didn't they ask you a question about wine? When you <laughs> oh God. <laughs> so embarrassing. I'm not even going to say it because it's so embarrassing. If you don't, but I that's will. A, well, I, um, well, I just don't want to throw the wine under the bus, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, okay, I hear you. Yeah, it's uh, actually not bad, that bad. I mean, some people are very like stuffy about right. wine, but whatever, for like $10 a bottle or I, bottle. Well, at the time, I was like, I mean, I only have $8 to spend on a bottle of wine. Um, and so when my owner slash that well no the owner yeah because um, Lisa was the GM says um, you know what Carol what kind of like why do you I mean I'm fresh two weeks in probably and I first of all she's talking to me and I'm like oh god she's talking to me oh god and she's like so what kind of wine do you drink and I was like I mean I just get like a bottle of yellowtail and you thought she was gonna lay down and die right there like who is this girl that we've yeah. brought in and now it's this, like this girl that we need to get on our team right? yeah and <laughs> and she's drinking this wine yeah well um, at the same time i think there's a lesson in that too where like don't be so like stuffy about stuff right exactly you, know, like, you like what you like it's exactly or what i could afford yeah exactly period i mean that's just what i mean like, I how does she I, make you feel on that oh situation? my god i wanted to like crawl under the and floor is that how and how we're supposed to be making no, people feel in hospitality that, so. you know what that's in a very that's a very yeah. great point yeah thank you for no problem b- switching that <laughs> that was good uh okay so uh you're here for six years take mm-hmm. us through the progression of your career here at park cafe and the things that you're you're learning and evolving. so i will say that 
I, again, I've, my foundation has been building and been building and build building, but the knowledge that I gained there was absolutely amazing. Mm. Um, I ha- the staff that we worked with was so phenomenal and so, um, uh, at first they were not welcoming at all. They were like, whoa, who's this girl? Why is she here? Oh, you know, the GM. So, and, and I, I didn't deserve their, uh, their warmth because I wasn't as knowledgeable mm-hmm. and I didn't know, but that's what motivated me to start learning. Mm-hmm. You know, I start every wine tasting that I could be available to go to. I went to every, anything that I could, um, you need me to host this. I'll learn how to host it. Anything that ne- you need me to wash the dishes. I'll wash the dishes. Mm-hmm. Anything that needed to happen in that restaurant. I was 100% willing to do it at any time. Oh, you want me to clean the flower beds? I'll clean the flower bed. I mean, literally <laughs> I did everything and I really, honestly attribute that to to now i'm like oh i can do anything Mm -hmm. you know anything that goes wrong here i'm like oh i've handled that before oh i can do that (laughs) so some people are afraid to take on new challenges and to do to do different things Mm -hmm. because of that feeling of like i don't know what the hell i'm doing like it's a not a comfortable feeling yeah feeling stupid right yeah i don't feel that way how did you overcome stupid like how did you you know my my mother has always taught me that there is absolutely nothing that you can't do and Mm -hmm. let me tell you that woman can build a house from the ground up literally so when you are taking on a new task oh i feel it inside you feel stupid so how do you bury that like what's the conversation look like uh, you just get in, put your head down, and do it. Yeah. There's no other way around it. You just know yeah. that the task has to be accomplished. Yeah. I feel like later in life, I've learned to break things down a little bit more and be like, okay, let's start here. And yeah. then, but back then, I was like, head first, feet first, figure only, it out yeah. along the way. And you only There's going to be stupid for so long. And you're going to make some mistakes. And, and you're going to, and you know what? Out. And you figure and before you know it, you're like the best at doing that thing because nobody was willing because to do it. Because nobody else was willing yeah, to step exactly. up. Uh, that's a huge lesson. I want to put emphasis on that because yeah. like, I feel like we we kind of get stuck in a rut because yep. we're afraid to move outside of our comfort zone. That's absolutely but so that, true. that's where the, the growth happens. That's exactly right. Living, and then you get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yep. And that's where the magic happens. <laughs> that's right. That's um, exactly right. So what were some of the big lessons you learned at Park Cafe from some of the, who were your mentors here? Do you have anybody in particular that really re- resonated with you at this time? Um, well, my GM at the time was amazing. Um, Elisa, she was fantastic and she was the same way. She was, um, not was, she still is very, very smart and very resilient and could figure anything out. And, um, I just, she just, she did an amazing job of just doing it mm. she she was in there if if lisa's in there doing it i might as well I'm, yeah. i should be in there doing it um and then i had some wine mentors that were really um took me under their wing yeah. and was like oh you poor girl <laughs> <laughs> let's uh and by no means am i an expert on wine but i do feel like uh i i, I set the groundwork there and with some with the mentors that were willing to to take me take me in and help me see. So at this point, when they're teaching you these things, um, I kind of want to say chronological. Mm-hmm. Uh, you started as a server. You went to a manager, mm-hmm. right? Well, how did that progression? Well, so I, I know I actually was um, just a server at Park okay. Cafe. Okay. And I had left Park Cafe. I about six years into it, I was like, oh my gosh, 
I'm so done. I mm-hmm. need to do something else. I can't, this isn't it. I just didn't. I maxed out, really, yeah. I felt like. All right. Let's tap the brakes because yep. I want to now go back to the wine advice that you're talking about. Since okay. we, we uh, there are some nuggets here, I feel like. Okay. So what did you learn? Like, what? how were they teaching you about wine? What were the, the specific things? Like, not necessarily about, like, the wines in general, but, like, broad. Like, how do you approach wine and how should we be? So that was what the biggest thing is, like, they taught me how to open a bottle correctly. Okay. Um, they um, taught me, uh, not necessarily, it, it was a broad spectrum. It wasn't like, oh, this tannin is this, which, mm-hmm. you know, there was that, but it was more of a wine should be approachable and everyone should yes. drink it and it pairs well with this because of this. And it was the broad spectrum. But that, how did they teach you how to approach wine? I mean, that's kind of what I'm curious. Like, we can talk about mm-hmm. the specifics of yep. wine in general, like it, itself, but like, what what did they teach you about uh, the, the way to look at wine? Like, how we should be teaching our our, our staff to be looking at wine. Did you? Well, you pick up any it, hints it was involved. Yeah, that was. It was just everyone is involved, and mm. we should all be tasting it. And we should mm. all be drinking it, and we all uh, and for. we yeah. should all be then giving that knowledge to our guests mm-hmm. and passing it on from there. Yeah, so, Edu- you- so the education part of that part exactly um, was the most important aspect. Like uh, just the education part. Beautiful. Okay, so now um, you're six years here. You're not really growing. You want opportunity. How did you get this next opportunity? So I had had left Park Cafe, and I decided I was going to go. Oh, my God. It was another one of those jobs where I'm like, oh, what have I done? I was like, oh, I'm going to go get a sales job because clearly I'm a good salesman. I mean, that was one thing at Park Cafe. I could sell anything. You told me to do it. I was absolutely a go-getter, and <laughs> I, I would sell anything under and anyone anytime under the table um so i was like i'm natural at sales let's move into this so i went into a sales job what were you selling i i'm I'm not even gonna tell you truck (laughs) truckers you're selling truckers Mm -hmm. like literally the the person that tries the trucker yeah (laughs) it was a, a it was a driving company and uh we provided uh, a service if they if like one of their call, uh, drivers would call out. Okay. So what did you learn about yourself getting out of the restaurant industry? Well, here's what I learned immediately. I they they were like, okay, here's your territory, go out. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going into that place by myself and by <laughs> people I don't know. So I was unmotivated. Yeah. I, I, I had no. Again, I go back to the it, waiting tables and initially had my heart because it gave me a reason to approach people. Mm-hmm. It gave me that uh, excuse, excuse to engage. Yeah. To engage. Mm-hmm. And I never, and then here I am back again yeah. in that like, oh, I'm not good at this. <laughs> like I'm just not good at it. And luckily about, I don't know how long I'd been gone. I want to say six to eight months. Um, my owner called me and she was like, okay, been long enough. You've, you've been, you've been gone <laughs> yeah. from the, from the nest long enough. She was like, where I, you know, I wanted to tell you when we were leaving, but I couldn't let the information out and I needed you to go and grow, but, um, we're opening another restaurant and we want you to be the GM. Ooh. And then I had that like, <gasps> <"Me?"> <laughs> <laughs> you know, just how I had that feeling for Lisa. I was so motivated for yeah. her and so proud of her. And so like, Oh my God this is huge 
I had that same feeling for myself. Yeah, that's so great. So you get this great opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was that like being a GM for the first time? Opening, you're not just. Well, like, I, well, I ca- it, well, right? I can't. Here's the crazy thing. I came in about five days before they were set to open the door. Who was t- making all these GM decisions in the meantime? No one. Oh, okay. This is interesting. Yeah. So what do we learn here? So I walked into complete and utter chaos <laughs> and I naturally just picked it up and was like, okay, this needs to happen. This needs to happen. And that's when Hal and I, I think met for the first time in that capacity. I think we had met another time at, um, at park cafe and another Cause the people scenario. that are opening this restaurant also own park cafe, yes. right? So there's some time where you're away, you come into a part of my language. I'm just going to, I'm not going to mm-hmm. say the word, but a cluster F. Yeah. I want to respect you. Uh, and at this point, uh, how do you, like, how did you keep your cool? Were you freaking just, out? Were you stressed no, out? Or? I just walked in and just immediately, it was that thing that mm. I have inside of me that just knows what to do and knows where to, and I think Hal was like, who the hell is this? <laughs> like he couldn't, I think he was shocked at how I was like, oh my God, these tables, we need to get them outside and we need to do this and we need to, this needs to be over here. I mean, like just immediately my natural instincts yeah. just automatically kicked in and was like, oh my God, we have a lot to do. We got to get busy boys. And <laughs> how many staff members do we have? Have we hired anybody? And they're like, we have a bartender. Here's Amy. And Amy's like, I've written a drink list. And I'm like, okay, well, there's a start. (laughs) Yeah, I think there's a lot to learn here just about the power of just being, I don't know, I guess, sure of yourself. Right? I mean, when two people meet, I feel like the the person that has the, who's the most sure. Right. Is going to win. It dominates, kind of. You will. Yeah. Not that like there's a winner and a loser, but like when you are leading, Mm -hmm. people are, if they're going to follow you, they need to be convinced that, that you know, you know what, what you're, you're doing. doing. So if you just right. kind of make decisions and adapt and you just go through gut, like we were yep. talking about earlier and just, you know, hit it. Um, that's going to, maybe you might rub some people the wrong Absolutely. way, but, but it's going to get the job done. Exactly. And people are going to be, uh, people are going to want to follow you too. Mm-hmm. They, they, people want, excuse me, people want a, a natural leader. They want to be led. Yeah. Um, and that was a, um, that was a, a, a good starting ground for me to lay my great groundwork too. of like, here I am. I've just walked yep. in five days before we're opening and I'm the GM of this restaurant. So what were some of the challenges uh, that somebody might come across that you can like give us a heads up on some of the things, the challenges you overcame in this example? Well, um, I, I will say that my biggest challenge and, and lesson in my, my full role as um, in the beginning um, as the GM was, uh, I had to learn how to, uh, distribute and use my power. In the very beginning, I, uh, went in with this attitude of I'm the boss. I, I know it. And I didn't know how to, um, I didn't know how to address my power issue. I was I was being too big. Mm. I was being too overbearing. I was being too uh, just bullheaded. Yes, it was. Just, <laughs> I was just bad. I was a bad manager. Mm. I mean, I was a good manager in a lot of aspects, but I was a bad manager in that aspect of where I took it. To, I, I mentally Give me specific examples I know, of I know, how you were bad. I know. I just. Um, 
I yelled at people mm. instead of talking to them. Okay. I used my power as a loud voice instead mm. of a, uh, a calming inspiration. You were command and control, not I was. like track and trust. That's exactly right. Okay. And it was, I learned so quickly. Well, I say quickly, you know, probably at least a year later. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how long, but I learned okay. that this is absolutely not the way that people want How did you to. learn? When did you figure it out? I don't know. I just feel like I had an, this epiphany of um, if people. Do, would I want people to be talking to me that way? Yeah. Is this how people? Is this how managers in my past mm. had talked to me? Yes, it was. I, it was a different. And, and this is kind of when the shift kind of happened from the, you know, throwing sh- stuff in the kitchen, uh, that cor- sort of uh, style mm-hmm. was shifting as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were going from the cussing people out to, to, you know what, let's sit down and talk about this and figure it a better way to do yeah. it. And Hal and I were naturally going through that as well with so, our, yeah, with our, the, yeah. The natural progression of the conversation. Yeah. You two didn't get along for the first two years. We, it, we, you know what? Um, we respected each other, maybe, but we definitely respected each other. But we, um, we, we were that we were butting heads as opposed to uh, working in a circle. Okay, dive into that. What do you mean by that? Well, we just, um, I feel like I should give the uh, what we know now, and then go back to the the reason why yeah, it didn't yeah. work. The uh, we have to work in a circle. We have to all work together. We all have to embrace each other. Mm-hmm. We all have to know that you're working hard back there just as hard as we're working up here. And that the only way that this place, that this dream, that these things, that these people that are dining at our restaurant, these staff members that we have, all these things are going to work as if we're all working together. Mm-hmm. And it took us it took us a while to um, just to get there. Mm-hmm. And then... I swear the second that we decided that that's where we were going to be and that we were going to come together and we were going to work together, it all changed from How there. How did you decide? Was there a conversation? Was there, was there a fight? I think there was, a, there was a fight, okay. I'm sure. Um, you know, we'd, we we would yell at each other, but we also would, you know, go to our owners and be like, ah, blah, 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 you know, and they would say nothing. And um, <laughs> <laughs> um, they were, you know, they just let us be. Um, but I think there was, uh, I, I think there was a conversation of finally we both realized that we were doing both doing a good job, yeah, and that we both were knew what we were talking about, and there was a respect level that um, changed. And I don't know if Hal had ever really worked with a general manager that it was as. I mean, I pay attention to everything. Mm-hmm. I know where someone needs to be at all times. I know where. I know where that person at the front door needs to be. I know where that hostess is. I know, I know what's happened. That table 21 does not have water right now and they need it. Yeah. Like I get it. Yeah. And, and I also get that it, my salads are coming out in 10 minutes as opposed to 15 minutes with normally. And like, I get the whole thing. And he was like, wow, I think he was just finally in. Yeah. He, I think he was finally impressed with me and was like, okay. Yeah. You're, you, you know, he earned, you, you earned his I, respect. I earned his yeah. respect. That's I'm exactly sure right. It went both ways. And it went exactly. But like when you say about a, like a circle and you got to move around each other and with each other, I can't mm-hmm. help but think of like a, an analogy of like, you need to be fluid. Right. Absolutely, you need to be moldable, and you got to give yep. and take Constantly. versus being rigid and set in your ways. Like you're not going to play well with others. You got to like 
you know, like listen and mm-hmm. give up a little bit of something. And, you know, like, absolutely. That's, that's what Everything is mind. give and take. It's all, yeah. um, it's all, it's all fluid. Fluid yeah. is ex- the exact word. So uh, eventually, you guys, you were here uh, working with uh, Chef Hal for six years. Was it at mm-hmm. Eastland? Uh, f- five years at Eastland. Yeah, five years. Yep. Um, what was the natural progression there? Any big lessons about? Being an owner, you said I think it was either at Park that you learned how to be an owner, or at Lock or at Eastman you learned how to be an owner. How do you learn to be an owner? Um, well, it's not something that you're um, mentally teaching yourself. It's something on your in your daily life that you're completing without knowing it. Yeah, and just looking back on it, you're like, oh, yeah. Well, there, there's how I learned how to do that. Or mm-hmm. it's it was is problem solving always having a solution to the problem yeah. and always being able to fix it, whether it's maintenance, whether it's staff, whether it's scheduling, whether it's menu development, whether it's the hostess yeah. reservation, but whatever it is, there's always a problem that needs to be solved. And you're getting that experience. You're, you're yeah. going through the motions. Like you've been here before, you know yep. what this looks like, you know the solution, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's also embracing the process. I feel like of knowing that it's never ending. And even yep. when you think you know everything, like you're going to be learning new things every day. Yeah, and just embrace that. Right? <laughs> Absolutely, and enjoy that. Yeah. That's what makes it fun. That's mm-hmm. why people, I feel like, get into the restaurant business is because of the the quick decision making and the changes that happen so fast, and the and um, you know the intensity level when it's happening is very intense and um, like it's an adrenaline rush. Yeah, oh man, I I don't know if you guys can. It's been cool. We started talking. It was a little bit quieter, and people have been rolling in. There's people like painting the picture. Like the kitchen's going crazy. Like the the servers are doing their side work. We got a vacuum going in the background. I know. Sorry, do you want me to turn it off? I love it. (laughs) I honestly love it, and I hope my my listeners don't mind. But this is we're sitting in a restaurant. We're in a restaurant. We're getting prepared for service. These are sounds you're familiar with. So (laughs) I love it. Um, All right, cool. Keep on going. Um, Eventually, you guys decide that you want to go into business together. What's that initial conversation look like um it was a conversation on the back porch of um eastland cafe and i think you know i it i don't it's hal's dream it's always been hal's dream i have always just it's what i do Mm -hmm. um not necessarily like oh i have this big it's just my natural way and Hal was like this is what i want to do and i need a partner Mm mm-hmm and I need it to be you. That's really smart of him to know that <laughs> yeah. uh, you're yeah. only good as the people you That's surround right. yourself with and you need to know your lane. Mm-hmm. And if you find somebody who's the yin to your yang, mm-hmm. like you got to hold you on got it. to That's them. right. Uh, and collaborate and, and, you know, have that, that, that completeness. Yep. Um, so when you guys made the, co- the decision to go into business together, what did your life look like at that point? How did you prepare for yourself? How did you, how did you make this transition from being GM to executive chef for somebody else and then going on to open your own place? Well, people ask me all the time, you know, were you scared? Were you this? I'm like, no. I mean, of course there's a bit of like, oh, baby. But I never knew, I never was afraid and I never thought, oh, this isn't going to work or any of those things. I was excited about the challenge mm. and I was excited about the n- new horizons and I was excited about, you know, in the beginning, you know, looking at buildings and ideas and, you know, parts of t- different parts of town and, you know, 
building proformas. God, who knew how I'd be, be so excited about things like that? <laughs> I don't even know <laughs> what that looks like, to be honest. So this is why I'm here. Uh, um, just, you know, business trends. I mean, just, uh, it's, you know, a projections, basically. Yeah. So from the time you guys had the conversation of opening your own place, from the time you actually um, moved out of those restaurants and, and opened your own place, how much time elapsed? So um, it was probably, God, how long? know much better than he'll and he'll correct me and that's fine but um 2011 is when you opened yeah so we left there in 2010 um and we you were didn't take a paycheck for two months i think yeah I remember yeah we left in december january or something yeah like that. we yeah we left in november probably yeah. november 2010 okay. and then um uh started Doing our research in January 1, we yeah. were on payroll and ready to go and had our, you know, most of our financing in order, um, you know, that sort of thing. But the, you know, beautiful thing about what Hal and I um, were able to do is we got to basically do research. Mm. We got to How much time did you have? We probably had, we closed in February of 2011. And then we have it in 11 or 12? 11. 11. Okay. <laughs> See what I mean? I have no idea. Um, we, we closed on this building um, in February and then we, you know, construction and all that stuff, you know, takes forever. Yeah. And then we probably didn't get the ball rolling permits and all that stuff until um, June. Okay. So we like had six months. And we went to every farm. We went to breweries. We went to... The people that made our tables. Mm. I mean, we really got to like mold this build yeah. this building from inside yeah. out. And from the community too, which I think is a, a good point. Maybe we can get to that eventually. There is one thing I do want to talk about. We kind of talked about it beforehand. And I was like, I don't want to like make anybody feel bad. But I feel like there's a huge lesson here that's worth kind of going to. So you were working for this this restaurant group that was opening restaurants. Why not just go to them and say, hey, like, we want to open a restaurant. Will you invest in us? Um, well, I had a given at that point. I had given ten years of my life um, with um, no. I, I felt at that point I should have already been approached. Mm. I had I had already given my heart. I'd already given my soul. I'd already given given. And then when we made the decision to leave, they specifically came to me mm. and asked me to stay. And you know all the wells and that built bells and whistles and all that and Hal was so mad uh, yeah I'm not mad or maybe just disappointed or no, hurt maybe he, he, no he was mad that they came to me he was like she's mine uh, <laughs> she's mine Hal <laughs> we've already made the decision yeah. to do this you've you've had 10 years to yeah. um, to to have her and give her this opportunity not now yeah. now after we've made these commitments to each other and made this this decision to do this yeah. Now you're going to say that? So what's no. the lesson here? He was so mad. What's the lesson here? If you have employees, and give them every single thing that they can to make them um, empowered and let them, any opportunity that they want, give it to them. Invest yep. in them. Your job as a restaurant owner is yes. to create opportunities. Absolutely. That's every day. Do. 
And that's how you grow. That's how you open new restaurants. It's not you going in there and being the bull and controlling everything. It's saying, if I don't give this person an opportunity, they're going to go someplace else and open a restaurant with somebody else's money. I might as well invest in them and guide them and mentor them and have a new business partner. And they and people, not they, people want that. Mm. People want to be invested in. Mm-hmm. People, and people are amazing. They should be invested. They should be. And people they, want to create, too. And, they and want pe- to express themselves. Absolutely. So, all those things. And we should be so willing to invest in them. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, because people were willing to invest in me. I didn't get here by Now you can poof. see why I didn't want to just like gloss <laughs> right. over that part, right? Yeah. There's some huge lessons in there. Yeah. As you're expanding your restaurant, when do you know it's time to open another restaurant? restaurant when if you don't open one like if you stop creating opportunities for people when people stop growing yeah exactly when people feel they feel when they feel like they've hit that ceiling they're gonna go somewhere else to where the ceiling can rise so okay let's move back to where we were you're opening your restaurant um six months are going by uh you're able to pay yourself for six months without being open how did you guys know how much money you were going to need to uh, to be able to sustain your to take right. care of yourself while this period of not having money? Did you know how long it was going to take? We didn't, but we had. You know, Hal and I have an amazing team. Um, we have a third business partner who is our mentor and our friend and our partner, and he is. Um, so you know, I was writing pro formas and those sort of things and the projections and that. Um, and we had those ready, ready to go um, January 1. Like, this is what we think. This mm-hmm. is, we know how much the building costs. We think this is how much we've, you know, we've done all our research, just kitchen equipment and these sort of things. Um, this is what our salaries are going to be. This is what we need. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like we've just been in the restaurant long enough to know, yeah. you know. What those cushion, yeah. yeah, what those costs are. Anything exactly. you overlooked? Anything that you kind of like hindsight being twenty? Like, oh, we should have probably been prepared for this, but you weren't. Oh, there was uh, rock at the uh, digging up the grease trap. And we had to blow up the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> you can't really. You can't prepare. You, can't, for that, you cannot that's prepare for that. But you should put a cushion in there in case you have to because it's expensive. Yeah. So that's the lesson: <laughs> is whatever you think you need you, times 10 always something even <laughs> yeah. if you like you have a checklist that is a checklist of everything that could possibly go wrong there will be something there will always will happen to you always, and not anybody else always <laughs> always be something exactly cool every time period right. so let's move to like and, more oh, sorry keep going well and it's going to take longer than you expected to yeah always <laughs> yeah so just kind of know yeah. that and you know, don't freak out don't when not, it happens. Just let it roll. This, I know you're going to freak out, but yeah, don't. Yeah, <laughs> I know awesome. it's easier said than done. So let's kind of move into more like now you're the mentor, right? Now you're the person that's bringing people up, putting them into the management role. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what can you teach us about this point of your life? Um, I just feel like, um, first of all, being who you say you are is really important. Um, Hal and I really take it. Uh, we're very passionate about what we do and we really really believe in our I say I don't have servers and we have family members Mm -hmm. because we spend so much time together and that sort of thing that we we really have to hire the people that are um, have the right personalities that are going to fit with within us and uh, and enough diversity Mm. and you know all those things I really try to pay attention to Um, and then letting people be Mm. and letting them um my empowerment of them being is is makes them want to grow and makes them want to um 
do their job better. And I believe in every single one of them. Yeah. They're all, everybody on our staff is amazing human beings. Yeah. Oh, weird. All of a sudden the vacuum stopped. <laughs> uh, so Poop. we just decided, I was looking over <laughs> Kara's uh, shoulder and I'm like, the vacuum's getting closer. You can probably hear it getting closer. I was like, how about we just take a quick time out so we're not in the way. This guy can do his job. Uh, so the vacuum's done. Uh, I won't be back until the end of the recording. So, uh, Kara, you're just talking to us about how when you're hiring people, you're hiring people that fit your values, that fit your culture, mm-hmm. and you let them do their thing. It's all about hiring the right people. Did mm-hmm. I? Is that That's the exactly essence right. of what, what you're saying? Um, again, I, we feel we spend so much time together that we have to have um, personalities that work together, um, and we have to have diversity, and we have to, um, you know, everybody's trainable, but we still have to fit together, mm. um, just because of the intense the intensity. I mean, it's just an intense business, yeah. Um, and so we we it's really important that we all uh, fit that fit into the pieces of the puzzle to make it work. Uh, one other thing that you mentioned earlier uh, in the first attempt to record, <laughs> this has been <laughs> quite the day, uh, was that you the the power of uh, knowing that common sense, right? Common sense isn't common in this industry, mm-hmm. right? Uh, <laughs> and we have to keep, kind of keep that in the back of our mind. So when we are training people, ideally you want the people that kind of have the, the standards, the basics right. down. Uh, but how do you go about like keeping calm when you see somebody doing something that's just completely utterly stupid and well, you're from your you know perspective being somebody who's been in the industry for 20 years i i think that that is that that is an such an important question because it's so important how calm we stay mm-hmm. you're not gonna uh, that goes back to my yeah. pa- leading with power uh previously in my previous life i would have screamed and yelled and been like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> i don't know if i'm supposed to say that word you can say whatever you'd like okay um and and now it's a casual it's not a casual conversation because I don't want it to sound like it's not important, but it's a conversation of, hey, why are you standing there on your cell phone when there's three glasses yeah. of uh, racks three racks of glasses that need to be polished? Yeah. And it's not a um it's not a bark. Yeah. It's a it's a talk. Yeah. But- and 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 even if it's a more of a situational if, if it's bigger if it's a bigger situation than just not doing what you're supposed to be doing at that moment if it's a ongoing problem uh, it's still a conversation yeah and it's just this is how I need this is what this is what Hal and I expect of you yeah um, this is these are our expectations and either you can you know if you can't meet them, then that's okay. Yeah. That's just, just isn't, then we haven't made the right fit to the puzzle piece. And I'll even go as far as saying it's our obligation to make sure that we teach these things and that, that we make them standard because absolutely like that's how we develop the next generation of professionals. Mm-hmm. And we have to mold these people, not just the, the standards of the, the how to, but the who to be mm-hmm. right. Absolutely. So, well, and and there's a standard of service. There's a standard. There's a standard of food. There's all these standards that Hal and I have set uh, the bar on. And I feel that you know we all need to be hitting mm-hmm. those standards. Yeah. And we all need to just be talking about them. And we need to you know we have to point them out when the standard isn't there. Yeah. Um, to in any degree mm-hmm. and and in life. Yeah, and the other thing that you mentioned in the previous conversation <laughs> that I want to make sure we bring to light is the the power. Even though we're teaching these people and they're here to listen to us and to learn from us, we can still 
listen back. Yes. And <laughs> give me the example that you, you gave before. Oh, gosh. The I chair. The, the tables. Oh, um, so recently um, our hostess, Dana, was um, rearranging the tables and we we're, you know, making the jigsaw puzzle of the um, book. We still use um, pen. I mean, we do not use pen. Um, we still use a notebook with yeah. uh, pencil. pencil um, and so we we're trying to f- figure out a table. And um, all of a sudden, Dana's like, oh, why don't we um, move the table this way and mm-hmm. put it in? It'll create two two tops on the end. And I literally was like, my mind was blown. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, five <laughs> years and I have not seen that myself. I'm like, that's so amazing. Yes. The point of that, though, is empowering them to Absolutely. be open. And it, that's what I tell them all the time. If you see something that can be done better and more efficiently or more effectively, you absolutely yes. have the power, power to come and tell me and we, and Howell and I will make the decision. What if And and guess what? We're going to give you a big old pat on the shoulder if you're correct. Absolutely. And the thing is you need to work this into your culture. You need absolutely. to write it down. No matter how mm-hmm. how you, uh, you, you communicate that or maybe your thing is just saying it all the time and letting people know like this is how we are. Right. But it's up to you to empower your people to feel like they are in a place that they can offer. That they can. They yeah. feel, they feel, I don't want to say vulnerable enough, but they feel empowered enough to, mm. to, um, even, you know, even if it's a menu item and it's, um, Hey, how, you know, but sometimes in the beginning, I felt like some of them would just because of the uh, previous life that, um, they've lived, mm-hmm. they would, come to me and say oh my gosh i feel like there's like a little bit too much salt in that dish i'm yeah. like hey you can go to hell yeah he's, it's okay yeah like you know what he's gonna do he's gonna make that dish and he's gonna taste it and he's gonna see if there isn't too much salt in it. and is he they're gonna say you're absolutely right or he's gonna say no i think it's perfect yeah and he wants to know i yeah. mean we want to know it's a backup you know we consistent yeah. and consistency is mm-hmm. key and you're a voice and consistency yeah but uh, i mean just so so powerful there yeah. um, and the other thing to think of another way to look at it why just limit yourself to two brains like you and Hal? Why not open up the, 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 all the brains of all the people the that are forest. in the forest? Yeah. So we're much just more two energy. trees and we have a whole forest. Yeah. Use all that energy. You yes. never know where you're going to get the next That's amazing abs- idea. Absolutely right. right. Anything you want to talk about that we haven't discussed up to this point before we go to the speed round or the knowledge bombs? Um, I do want to talk about community hour. Yeah, please. Just for a second. Um, are, are you, do you, do you know about our community I believe, hour? Uh, a, a percentage of the proceeds during a happy hour, one of the beers that you have on tap go towards uh, education in your community? Kind of. Uh, I kind of <laughs> paraphrasing a lot there. So um, I'll be, as, I'll, I'll do my community hour spill as quickly as possible. But um, when we first opened, we um, had a wine that every bottle of wine that we sold planted a tree we ended up mm-hmm. planting like fifty thousand trees or something wow. crazy and i was like we've already planted a forest we, let's, <laughs> we can do something better yeah. we need to hone it in let's hone it in well my children go to school two blocks down mm-hmm. the road well, those uh, are kids that just walked by yeah okay cool um not my kids but kids Same from his school, school. Yeah. yeah um and i was like we need to give back to our community like we need to hone this into as close as we can so i start talking to parents i'm like we're gonna have this happy hour and the happy hour is gonna get back and everybody gave me this look and obviously you can't see the look but it's like yeah, like. and the look was like, and I, ca- 
kept getting it over and over again. And I was like, I want to give money to the school. Yeah. And they're like, and then I realized they were associating it with alcohol and this whole entire thing. So I was like, I have to completely totally rebrand this. So that's why we changed the name to Community Hour. We took the drinks. What was it originally called? It was Happy Hour. Okay. Um, so we took the drinks off of the, um, we have food, and then we put a kid's menu on um, on the menu. Okay. So it's the snacks and the kid's menu, and you still get your drink list. Yeah. Um, and everybody still has their cocktail. Yeah. Um, but a portion of all proceeds of the sales from four until six go directly to the PTO. Okay, cool. So keep going. This sounds like you so, I, so basically I have partnered with different um, companies that, um, it, like if uh, – this one specific best brands um every uh case of wine that we sell they donate five dollars okay so at the end of the year we do a tally and they literally write a check to the pto for you know i think last time we get they gave it was like 550 dollars, and then lachlan table matches that on top of it and so with all the sponsors that i have on board you know we just raise Literal money. And and the most amazing part about Community Hour, though, is the fact that the kids come. Yes. And they all are running around the restaurant. They all go. They know where the toys are. Yeah. They know where the Etch-a-Sketches are. They know how to get, you know, uh, they, it, it's just cre- it's creating a community within yes. them. And that's so important because I feel like in, uh, introducing them into a, a a nice dining mm-hmm. experience at this age is super important yeah. too. And you know, you're providing the next generation. You're, you're engaging with the next generation of mm-hmm. hopefully, yes, that will be coming here and bringing their family and their kids. Absolutely. In and that tradition. Well, and they're eating good food. I mean, yeah. our, we have a, our, our community hour menu is amazing. It has, I mean, our menu is amazing, but also the kids menu. I mean, it has an option if you need, uh, chicken tenders and green beans, or if you need pizza and French fries, everybody knows that every day is different with mm-hmm. what your kid needs. Um, and so we've really tr- tried to create a menu that is um, focused, that has a healthy option, that has a this, that that is, that, and they still want to eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just the whole just general idea of just giving back to the community. That's yeah. what we're here to do is to take care of the community. That's exactly right. That's our awesome stuff. We're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors. We'll be right back. Payroll and benefits, it's hard. Sometimes it feels like this foreign language, especially for small businesses. I mean, you, you're too busy running your business. You don't have time to be an expert in all things taxes and regulations. That's why there's Gusto. Gusto is making payroll, benefits, and HR easy for small businesses. Modern technology does the heavy lifting, so it's easy to get things right. PC Mag and Fit Small Business have called Gusto the best payroll for small businesses. Gusto will save you time. 72% of customers spend less than five minutes to run their payroll. Gusto is more efficient and reliable. Four out of five customers actually reduce payroll errors after switching to Gusto. People who succeed in this industry have access to systems and information, and Gusto will provide both. You no longer have to be a big company to get great technology, great benefits, and great service. To help support the show, Gusto is offering our listeners an exclusive limited-time deal. Sign up today and get three months free once you run your first payroll. Just go to gusto.com slash unstoppable. G-U-S-T-O dot com slash unstoppable. 
All right, guys, it's time to get real and answer this question honestly. Does the quality of your website match the quality of your restaurants? If the answer is no, you need to do something about it because 89% of your guests will go to your website before going to your restaurant. So you've got to make sure you're bringing it to all aspects of your business. And this is where Bento Box comes in. Not only will Bento Box help you deliver your brand and your story online, but it will help you leverage the full potential of the internet because websites are no longer static brochures. They're dynamic tools that help you drive revenue. With Bento Box, easily update menus, promote events, share press, sell gift cards, take catering orders, and book private events, plus way more directly from your website. Find out why Bento Box is trusted by thousands of restaurants around the world, including past and future guests like Suvla, Pizza Emily, Eleven Madison Park, The Meatball Shop, and more. Head to getbento.com and make sure you mention Restaurants Unstoppable to get up to $1,500 off your initial setup. We're back. And the first question I have for you is what is your it factor, a habit, a trait, a characteristic you believe most contributes to your success? I have one for you, but I want to hear what you have to say. Pay attention. Pay attention. I'm going to say just constantly living that fear of uncomfortable or not that, that fear, but that, that place of uncomfortableness and, and like mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. in a weird place where you're growing. I mean, mm-hmm. it's so crucial to being successful in this industry. Yep. What's your biggest weakness? I'm worrying about people too much. How do you overcome that? Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> What's one question you ask or thing you look for during the interview process? Say that again. I'm sorry. One question you ask or thing you look for during the interview process. Body language. What kind of body language are you looking for? Uh, eye contact. Um, just general. Just like general. Energy, yeah. yeah. Energy. 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 Yeah. yeah. How's my body? I'm just, I'm I know. I, 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 I was, I was like, like, as I closed my eyes and like slept down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's your biggest challenge today? Oh, biggest challenge. I think. It's been work-life balance, but I've really, really, um, in the past year, past six months maybe, I've been able to overcome that. How, are you overcoming it with a different mindset? No, I'm, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm not finally, because um, managers come and go and people come and go. We, our turnover is really low, but I'm at a point where I am um, empowering more employees to step up mm. and just... To, I am take, taking I'm taking my rain, my hands off the reins a little bit more. Cool. Uh, share one code of conduct or behavior you teach your team. This is how to be. Kind. Mm. Period. Love it. <laughs> what is one uncommon standard of service you teach your team? So this is something that's very common within your restaurant and how to serve your, your guests, but not common within the industry. Be yourself. Be comfortable. Know your menu. Know your wine. Know the farms. How do you make sure they know all this stuff? We have a meeting every single day and we go over every single thing. Yep. Every day. That standard. You got to make sure you got to empower them to be able to. Absolutely. We give you all the information that you need. You have the opportunity to ask questions. Mm -hmm. Um, Hal goes over above and beyond um, to discuss and to uh, uh, explain. So we give you as all the information that we possibly can. Beautiful. Share one book that's a must read to make us a better person or a restaurant. Oh my God. I'm reading feed the resistance right now and Mm. it is blowing my mind. Biggest lesson from that book. Biggest mindset. 
start small. Mm. Um, start small. Don't try to take too many tasks on at once. Um, I'm really trying to up my philanthropy game this year as a goal of mine. And I'm really getting a lot that, you know, don't take on. Yeah. Pick three. Yep. I, I love that you, you mentioned that because I see a lot of people when they, they open a restaurant, their first restaurant, uh, they, they have this vision of what they want. And they try to create that on day one. Uh, and it takes time. Uh, abs- and it, it and it changes. Exactly. It evolves yep. into something completely, yeah. totally so different. It, and you got to be open to that. Unless you have a business partner that's been in the industry for 20 years and you've been in the industry for 20 years and you have fine-tuned your skills and you know the industry inside and out. I don't even think that's true then. Yeah, like even then start the industry. Well, and the industry changes so yeah, much and you so got to... More you, now than ever. Absolutely. And you got to pay attention to that as yeah. well. So uh, I'm happy you said that. Start where you can and grow from there. Absolutely. And if you really want it bad enough, you'll make it happen. That's exactly right. Share an online resource or tool uh, that has really just impacted you in your operation. Like it could be a magazine, online magazine. Or, yeah, I am... Uh, I think I mentioned this... Um, previously but i am in love with the cherry bomb uh, podcasts magazines um it's basically uh women in food that are doing great things cherry bomb i have to get them on the show oh my gosh they're blowing my mind and that is there a person behind that or uh carrie is her name carrie oh my gosh i feel cherry bomb carrie it's good enough i'll figure it out i feel like maybe her (laughs) last name is bomb Oh, cherry. No, maybe I'm not. I don't know. <laughs> but her first name is Carrie for okay, sure. Good enough. Thank you. Uh, what's one piece of technology you've adopted in your restaurant that's influenced communication, operations, uh, just e- efficiency, profitability, things of this nature? Oh, my gosh. We're so old school. We literally have like a, a phone with a cord on it, two cordless, and the book that uh, we still write in um, uh, pencil with. So, Unfortunately, I need to be better at this yeah. answer. <laughs> and I need to, um, I feel like that's part of my, um, uh, when I grew up in this industry, things weren't moving as fast yeah. in, in this sort of, in, and I need to, lo- yeah. I need to listen to my servers really well, and they'll tell me. <laughs> I got your back because I've spoken to two or 450 people and if you ever need some, you know, I I'll, I'll Tell field me. some questions yeah. for you. We can do, yeah, we'll what am afterwards. I? Well, that's the thing. I feel like I don't know what I'm missing. Well, hey, uh, <laughs> Restaurant Unstoppable. Hit play. You, well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> uh, awesome. So the next question is the last question, and it's a doozy. Oh, gosh. Uh, but I have a good feeling you're going to crush it. If you got the news, you'd be leaving this world tomorrow, and all the memories of you and your work would be lost with your departure, with the exception of three pieces of wisdom, three pieces of truths, things you know to be true to leave behind for your legacy, what would they be? Oh my gosh, you're right. This is really hard. Um, first of all, I, I want, I hope that people would know that um, my number one goal in life is to be kind to others mm-hmm. and to empower them. I, my, my children, I, I tell them this every single day did you have a good day were you kind to your friends Mm. Um, it's really important to me and I feel like um, we're losing a little bit of that Mm -hmm. and if we could all just be a little bit kinder Mm -hmm. to one another then it would that's number one okay number two number two two. I don't know do I have to have two you have three oh my god it comes into your gut remember right 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 Um, work hard 
mm-hmm. work hard. That what, no one gets no one gets anywhere by not yeah. working hard. Mm-hmm. I think I, I don't think I've said that one time in all this. And uh, um, you know, I worked eighty hour weeks for a long, long, long time, and that's just what it was. And I didn't complain about it, and I didn't care, and I knew that that's what it took. One more. Um, find what you love because. Why else? <laughs> because it's you know it, it it's what's going to carry you yeah. uh, along the way. It's going to be what enables you to yeah, work hard. That's exactly right. Yeah. And 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 I think people forget that. I think people sometimes get in a rut where they think they just have to have a job, and you don't just have to have a job. You can do what you love. Yes. Kara, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story, thank to come you. in on your day off. <laughs> uh, you're trying to be better about work-life balance. I kind of threw a wrench in that plan. No worries. Uh, <laughs> it's totally uh, fun. Your story was great. You were great. Uh, we wrap up every episode by calling somebody out. So who's one independent restaurant operator? Somebody you admire. Maybe somebody you can connect me with in the next couple of days while I'm in town. Or maybe in Chattanooga, because that's where I'm headed next. Oh, direction. I love Chattanooga. Um, I don't, I, well, and unfortunately, I'm trying to think of a woman. And you've already said Margot. Um, I've had Sarah uh, Gavin. Gavin on the show. Yeah, that's and I'm that's going huge. After Chef Paquette, do you know Chef Paquette? Oh, Dev. Yeah, she's crazy. You should definitely get her. <laughs> right. I, that would be a super super fun interview. I'll pass the word along Allie's to her. Allie's their marketing person. You heard this, Allie? Going yeah. after her. Yeah, <laughs> she is super fun. Beautiful. Uh, let the folks at home know how can we connect if we have a question about something that you mentioned, or if maybe we want to come join your team, be mentored by you. What's the best way to connect? Um, you can always reach me at caratlocklandtable dot com. You can call the restaurant anytime. What else? What do you mean? Uh, that's good right there. I'll, I'll put LachlanRestaurant.com. Maybe social yeah. handle at Lachlan. At, yeah, e. at Lachlan. Yeah, with an E. L-A- at Lachlan Table. L-O-C-K-E-L-A-N-D. Beautiful. I'll have that in the show notes. If you guys head over to RestaurantUnstoppable.com slash Kara Graham, C-A-R-A-G-R-A-H-A-M. I'll have the links all there. Kara, again, thank you so much. You were great. There is no questioning. You are unstoppable. Awesome. You are great. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Well, there you go. Another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Thank you so much, Kara Graham. Awesome story. Awesome advice in today's conversation. I think the big takeaways for me, uh, there's probably three. The first one is just that idea of always pushing yourself uh, into uncomfortable situations because that's where you grow. And that's what Kara did when she was coming up. She was always just saying yes to every new thing. And she was scared at first. It was weird at first. She didn't really know what she was doing at first. But that feeling doesn't last long. That feeling of not knowing, of, of feeling stupid, of being uncomfortable doesn't last long. And when that feeling's over, you've grown so much. And if you're constantly pushing yourself into those positions where you're learning new things, eventually you you just learn so much. You, you become a person of value. Uh, awesome stuff there. Uh, I also loved the uh, idea of. I think it was it was brief, but uh, you know we learn so much in this industry, uh, and we're constantly learning new things, like Kara, like we were just talking about. In over time, you take what you've learned for granted, and you think that the things that are common knowledge to you or common sense to you might not be common sense to those people that are green who are just getting into this industry. So you have to remember that just because these people might not know uh, exactly where what goes where or what you call what uh, or you know what's just common sense, uh, 
it's really not common sense. And you have to remember that, that, that they don't know and you have to be patient and you have to, you know, steer them and guide them. And, and as soon as you accept that and realize that it's your job to teach these people, it gets much easier. You get a lot less frustrated. And then lastly, the idea of working together and uh, creating a circle, like a fluid of give and take, uh, you know, not everybody's just going to want to do it exactly the way you want to do it, especially if you have partners. So you have to find that, that yin and that yang, that balance of, of, you know, uh, of, I guess, sacrifice or just compromise, not compromise, but uh, I hate the word compromise sometimes, but I guess it does apply here with your business partners. Uh, but, you know, just just great stuff in today's conversation. Uh, Kara, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story and your, and your advice. Uh, guys, like always, please do reach out to me, Eric, at restaurantunstoppable.com. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to uh, hear your ideas of what I could do to make this platform better. I'm, I'm working on a few projects right now out here in Thailand as I'm recording this. Um, working on the platform, uh, going to really try to make it easier for you to search through the content, to connect with other listeners, to connect with my guests. That's kind of the goal. Uh, in any idea you have and how I can do that, please let me know. And I'm actually, uh, in like an hour and a half, two hours getting on a taxi and going to the airport and spending a week in Australia. As you're listening to this, I'll be in Australia for two days. And it was kind of just an impromptu, uh, just like, Hey, come out to Australia. I'm going to visit my friends over at Tipsy uh, to learn more about their platform, uh, to learn more about how we can maybe collaborate on a couple projects. And uh, I'm I'm hoping to to crank out a bunch of uh, interviews with some leading restaurateurs in Melbourne, Australia while I'm there. Uh, I'm super excited. So if you're in Australia and you're listening to this and you want to meet up, uh, you know how to get in touch with me, Eric at Restaurant Unstoppable, Eric Ketchatori on Instagram and Twitter, slash Restaurant Unstoppable on Facebook. And I'm just so pumped for the future. Uh, it, it's crazy what things are happening for me. Uh, you know, four years ago, I started with like a vision of growing this this platform, of creating a podcast that, that exists to share knowledge and to uh, just inspire people and to build a community around that. And it, it's, it's crazy that it's happening and that uh, people are from all over the world are, are looking to support this mission of empowering independent restaurant operators and sharing knowledge and growing together as an industry. This is awesome, guys. Uh, it's happening. So uh, super excited, uh, pumped up, and uh, I don't know how many different ways you can say that. Uh, I guess I'll let you guys go. I love you all. Until next time, peace out. <laughs>